Oh my goodness. Good morning, good afternoon. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're having a fantastic day. My name is Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports, episode 270. This episode is almost entirely made up of Ask Zach questions. Remember, you go to patreon.com forward slash Zach Schaumler allows you to answer questions on, I guess, to submit questions on Patreon. I look at every single question with my eyeballs. I do not guarantee to read your question on the show, but I do guarantee to look at every single one. I pick the top ones and read them on the show. Um, I do want to start today, though, with something that is not a question from Patreon. Um, my dad sent me a story. The Saints are renting a hotel to create a kind of an optional team bubble for training camp. And it's actually, I'm hearing, it's not optional. It's a bubble-like atmosphere, they call it. Uh, they call it a sequestering. For uh, that's what Saints coach uh, NBC, uh, Saints coach Sean Payton told NBC Sports, um, they're renting four levels of a hotel. The owner Gail Benson is willing to fit the bill and pay for that. Again, it's not it is not mandatory. That's weird to me. I I don't understand why the NFL doesn't have thirty two. You know, each team should have a bubble, in my opinion. And you're asking them. The NBA is doing it. Really, really well. And I don't understand why it's so crazy and insane. Because players push back, like, we don't want to stay all through training camp in a hotel. It's like, why not? You spend your whole day at the football facility. You really don't spend very much time at home during training camp. I don't really understand. I get it. You want to see your family. But also, do you want money to pay for your family? I, I, the, weird, the, people, the, the amount of people that are pushing back against having a bubble... I don't quite understand that. Maybe that's because I'm a workaholic and I work all the time. And even when I'm at home, like by the time I'm not working, I'm sleeping. Like I, 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 but I think that's what the NFL training camp is very similar. Like you don't spend a lot of time at your house during training camp. You're at the facility all day, meetings all day, training, eating, doing stuff. Um, I just don't understand why, why we're not seeing a story where every single owner in the NFL has rented out an entire hotel and their entire team is staying there, and they're keeping everybody out, and the players go from the hotel to the facility. It seems like that's the logical step, and I don't know why the NFL, and we're not seeing more of that. Um, I want to start with a really interesting, uh, really, I guess, um, I say interesting way too much, I think. Um, I want to give just a massive thank you to the people who support the show on Patreon. I don't know that I've done a good enough job expressing my appreciation to you guys. You guys have, uh, you know, the group of people who support me on Patreon. Um, I, I want to say thank you to you guys because sports are back now. Uh, and it's like a huge emotional lift for me when I'm like, oh, like I have more stories than I know what to do with. I have, I'm behind actually on the NBA, which is like a great feeling because for a while there were no sports. And I... You know, having sports back is like a weight lifted off my shoulders because I will never, ever forget this summer, the summer of 2020. Uh, you know, I want to talk about sports for the rest of my life, but I'm always going to look back on that time, 2020, that summer, the summer coronavirus where, you know, um, there were no sports going on. Again, as I move forward in my career, uh, you know, I'm so excited for the future of Strong Opinion Sports. I'm 23 years old. Uh, I have over 150,000 subscribers. That's crazy. A successful podcast, an amazing fan base. You guys are phenomenal. You guys are so kind and insightful, and I, I love doing a show with you guys. 
Um, and it's really going to be fun to see where things go in the next five years. Like, where are we in five years for strong event sports? I think it's going to be crazy. It's really big. Uh, but this summer, summer 2020, man, uh, you know, I, I talk about sports for a living and there were no sports. You know, there, there was nothing to talk about for a while. And I had to get creative and coronavirus canceled everything. And straight up, man, I took a massive financial hit. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind that. There were no sports. There were a few reviews, fewer listens because there were no sports. Advertisers also paused a lot of their, you know, they paused and held their breath. Um, and really the thing that kept me afloat during the height of the coronavirus pandemic when there were no sports at all uh, was Patreon. You guys that support me on Patreon financially made it possible that I'm still here today, still doing the show. Um, I, I, I just want to say thank you so much. You know, starting Ask Zach, making a Patreon account, saying, hey, it's a dollar a month, that really saved the show, that saved this this podcast during that time. Um, you know, Patreon is my most stable income. You know, and I looked this morning, I have 438 people that support me on Patreon. That's unbelievable. And I just want to be very clear. I'm so, so grateful to you guys. Uh, it's you 438 beautiful human beings that make it possible for me to do this. And that got me through that time and helped me survive with income. Um, and I, I just want to say thank you for helping me survive the worst financial period of my entire time being self-employed. Um, it, it was, uh, it was close. You know, I had, I got a credit card, um, and I had made a minimum payment and I had a little bit of savings, thank goodness, but, uh, bills were scary. And now that sports are back, I just want to say thank you so much for helping me get through that time. It meant a lot to me. Uh, you know, at least the NBA is back. There's Formula One racing that's, that's back. Um, but yeah, and I, I'll say I'm not sure how long baseball is going to last. And I don't know if college football is going to happen. I don't know if the NFL is going to happen. Uh, I want to be clear. I am very confident that if the NFL doesn't happen, I'm going to be okay. Uh, I've learned from the past. I have a, a made some small changes behind the scenes. Um, and with so much going on and everything, I've got a plan in case that if something ever goes wrong again and if, you know, if there is a – a break from sports. If everything got canceled tomorrow, I'd be okay to get through it, I think, because I've I've changed some stuff. I also have a personal channel, Zach Schaumler, now um, that I'm putting content on. And um, But I, I want to just say that summer 2020, a global pandemic, no sports. Um, I was getting real creative to try to come up with topics and try to survive. And um, I was probably really in my... I mean, I was. Not probably. I was. I was in my most vulnerable position I've ever been in as a small business owner. Um, and I, I just want to say thank you so much because you guys on Patreon, you saved me. You made the show possible. And I cannot thank you beautiful human beings enough. Thank you so very much. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm grateful. I love my job. And I do my job because you guys were supported me on Patreon um, through those couple months when it was really dark and there were no sports. So thank you so much. I just want to be clear. I, I, I don't think people in my industry say thank you enough. And so I want to say thank you to you guys. Thank you so very much for your support. Okay. Uh, again, today is an Ask Zach episode. We have a lot of stuff to talk about. My goodness, a massive amount, really good stuff. The first question of the day, if I can find it on my phone, uh, the first question of the day is from Edward. Edward writes in, he says, how has doing strong opinion sports matured you as a person uh man I, i've learned so much doing sos this is my career this is my craft this is my career 
and I, I've, I've grown up a lot during the process of doing the show and building the show. I mean, countless things. I'm, I'm, I'm going to list a bunch of stuff. I'm probably going to miss things. Um, you know, like who you are matters, for example. Who you are as a person, the way you treat people, the things you say. I think the show has made me kinder and made me, um, you, know, you know, athletes are coaches. Or sorry, what do I want to say? Athletes are athletes and coaches are people. Athletes are people. Coaches are people. Uh, honestly, sponsors are people. Fans are people. Fans of sports are people, I mean. Uh, people listen to the show are people. Uh, SOS is a show about human beings. And those human beings are just affiliated with sports. But it's really a, a people show. I, I talk about human beings for a living. And in doing so, it's really kind of, I think, made me a lot more empathetic. Uh, and it's it's so important to be fair. Like, it is so important to be fair when you talk about other human beings. Uh, and people make mistakes, you know. Even if someone does something really stupid or says something that they just cannot say, um, maybe they thought they were doing the right thing. They're a human being. And I am far from perfect. Who would I, I – it would not be fair of me to be super harsh to people when they make mistakes when I'm also a person who makes mistakes all the time. And so I believe it is super important to say that there are two sides to every single issue. And it's so easy to forget that. It's so easy to forget that we're people. We make mistakes. And um, I just uh, – uh, that's one of the important things I've learned. I've also learned that, you know, why? Asking why is such an important question. Trying to understand both sides of every issue is important. You know, even if you disagree, empathy matters. Uh, that, that statement I made, people uh, – these we talk about human beings a lot. And the show – has made me more responsible in every single way where I care about what I say. I don't want to hurt people. I don't want to offend people. And not in a way like I'm, I'm tiptoe, but I, I know that you can say the same thing one way uh, that hurts people, and you can say the exact same words in a way that maybe doesn't hurt people. And I'd rather, if I can, say things in a way that doesn't hurt people and is allows for conversation, allows for dialogue, rather than closing a door on people. Um, again, I'm more responsible in every way. Because of strong opinion sports, my work ethic, uh, I sleep, how I eat, what I say, even off the show, I pay attention to. Uh, you know, I've kind of made myself into a, let's be honest, I'm kind of a public figure now. And there's responsibility that needs to go with that. If you, um, you know, you have to have care, you have to be responsible. And I, I try to be a good example of my actions, um, with what I say. Um, and it's less about big stuff and more about the small things. Um, you know, some of the most important stuff I've done is simply encouraging people to enjoy their lives. You know, hey, by the way, smile, go swimming, uh, watch a movie, read a book, play video games, hang out with their friends, enjoy your life. I mean, that's such an important message that I think I, I took a long time to learn and long time to understand that that's important to, under, you know, to, to value. And I, I really hope that people do value that. When you watch sports, have nachos, right? Hang out with your friends, talk to your dad. Um, it's so important that people enjoy their lives and I am not perfect, but I'm, I'm trying to be a good example. I, I care about that and I own my mistakes and that's so important, man. You got to own your mistakes. And I, I love my show. I am so in love with my show. It's the most fun I've ever had. It's also the hardest I've ever worked. I've never worked harder on anything than I have building strong opinion sports uh, I honestly wonder if my, like, what would have happened in my football career 
as a quarterback in high school, if in high school I had worked the way I work now with strong opinion sports, um, what would have happened if I was as focused as I am now and worked as hard as I do now? When I was in high school years ago, I thought I worked hard. <laughs> I look back now and I go, bro, you thought you worked hard. You had a girlfriend. You played a lot of video games. Like you, there were moments where I, I I can't remember the last time I watched a TV show, literally, because I just unless it's basketball, but that doesn't count in my opinion. That's work. Um, I've sacrificed way more for strong opinion sports than I ever did for ever did for football. I mean, I, I really put everything on the line here, and I I you know I get I was a kid and I learned from my failures and I learned from my mistakes as a quarterback. Um, but when I was in high school, I did not work nearly as hard as I do now. And I'm very, very proud of the way I work. And I'm proud of the long nights. And I'm proud of the hours watching basketball, trying to understand how the Phoenix Suns beat the L.A. Clippers. I just got to know. And I also want to say I've got amazing people around me uh, as I'm just listing lessons and lessons I've learned. Um, I don't waste time with people that suck. And I don't think you should either. Uh, life is very short. Your time is valuable. If there are people that are awful or dragging you down or just are not positive to be around, it's okay to say, eh, next, I'm out. You know, my friends, my family, my girlfriend, they are all people who I look up to and people that really inspire me. And I just encourage you, pick good friends. Do not chase people. Pick good people. You know, I, I really am proud that the people in my life that I'm close with are all people that I go, yeah, that dude's doing cool stuff and that dude's doing awesome stuff and that dude's a awesome and um I, I just i don't know man also as a result of strong opinion sports i remember when i was in my dorm room in college and i was alone right and I, it, it was really wild because i'd record the show i could do i used to do the whole oh my goodness that whole yell right and i'm in this dorm room with really thin walls and i know every person above me below me next to me and across the hall can hear me doing that and they hear my mistakes. They hear me screwing up. I'm sweating. It's hot. I had no air conditioning in my stupid little dorm room. And, like, the room I'm recording in now is bigger than my entire dorm room. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. I used to live and have my clothes and everything. All my possessions in the world were in this little dorm room I used to record in. Go back and watch. I mean, it's insane to me. Um, and I guess I, I care way less now what people think. And that's what the show has done for me. I, I had to learn how to not care what people think because people are walking through the hallway and I'm recording a podcast yelling about Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. And I know that when I was a kid, I was afraid of being different. I used to be so afraid that people would find out I was a little bit different. And I was like, oh no, I, I want to be cool, man. I, I cannot afford to be different or weird. And I started succeeding in life a little bit when I actually embraced my weirdness and I embraced the things that made me different. And I encourage you to do that too. Um, everybody's weird. You know, there's like, I say quote that, you know, weird people are just honest people. And you know, the quote weird people, they're just honest. And who cares if the quote, cool kids at school think you're weird, screw them. Why does their opinion matter? They probably are negative and hate their lives anyway. Like for me, being successful is not just about how you're doing monetarily or how much other people feel about it. You're successful when you're happy and you enjoy what you're doing. Uh, like if I'm self-employed for the rest of my life, 
and I always live paycheck to paycheck, but I have the time of my life and no one can tell me what to say and advertisers can't control me and I make content I love and every single day I look in the mirror and go, this is awesome, man. You're killing it, Zach. And you like what you're doing. That's a massive, massive success. I, I'm very willing to have um, financial losses to do content I like and make a quality product that I, I care of and I, and I believe in. And, um, you know, my brother died in 2016, four years ago. I'm going so long on this. Um, and I, I guess maybe that you, you listen to Ask Zach this episode because you want that, I would, I would assume. Um, you know, four years ago, my brother died and suddenly life seemed so short. And maybe next week, a meteor is going to hit Earth and we're all going to die. Or maybe a global pandemic takes us all out. Or maybe there's nuclear war. Or you never know. Like We get nuked to oblivion. And I, I just know that while I do try to responsibly plan for the future, like you have to have, I think, a general plan to take care of yourself and long-term be okay. Uh, but I also know that I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to smile. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to not care if I seem weird. I'm not going to worry too much what other people think about me. I'm going to go to the river and float the river with my girlfriend. Um, and I'm going to try to be a good person because I, I, I don't know that God exists, but I do think that if God is real, then God would approve of the way I live my life. Cause I, 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 I really am proud of how I live my life and I try to live my life in a good way. Um, and I guess all you can do is your very best. That's all I can do. Work hard Enjoy your life. Treat people well. Surround yourself with good people. Do not put people that suck around you. You can do better than that. Uh, those are just some of the many, many things I've learned and the ways I've grown up uh, in my time doing tr Strong Opinion Sports. Edward, thank you for your question. Really thought-provoking, really interesting. Um, I, I loved answering it. I, that's the kind of stuff that I love doing. So, Edward, thank you so much. Those are I'm, – I'm sure there are more, and we could do a part two someday down the road if everyone ever asks for more of that. Um, but those are some of the things I've learned doing Strong Opinion Sports. Uh, Preston writes in. Preston says, hey, Zach, do you have any basketball shoes and whose shoes? I think he means like are they Derrick Rose's or are they Jordan's or are they LeBron's? Uh, yeah, I have two pairs of basketball shoes. One is a pair, an old pair of Derrick Rose's uh, that I got in high school. I stole them actually in high school. I hate to admit that. Um, my family was very, very poor. You know, we were we were homeless at one point. Uh, I lived in a mobile home, slept on the floor in high school, my second high school. Um, and I, I think someone left these out somewhere. I think that's what happened, like in a locker room somewhere. Um, and you know, thinking about it now, I feel so bad because I was super poor and I stole a pair of shoes from someone who might have also been super poor. Like maybe the kid who I stole these shoes from could not replace them, and maybe like he just this was his only pair and he didn't have them. I've always thought that. I've always felt weird about it, uh, especially now reflecting on it. Um, I don't know, man. Maybe he saved up and bought him for himself. I, that's even more sad. I don't know. Um, I grew up in Southeast Portland, uh, like the poor area of town in Portland. And, you know, my parents' friends literally were drug dealers. I, I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I had friends whose parents would, um, partake in activities that probably are not acceptable to say on this podcast with us. Cause they were like, they were like, Oh, like that's what we do. And, um, I was around that life a lot. And, you know, the area of Southeast Portland, I went to David Douglas High School. I went to David Douglas High School. And uh, I'm so glad I grew up the way I did, honestly. Um, you know, it taught me a lot. There's nothing sadder 
than a kid who doesn't have enough growing up, but also I think that it can toughen you up. I mean, a kid who's hungry at night or a kid who doesn't have a notebook or a kid who needs shoes for basketball and doesn't have shoes, it's sad. It's it's really not not cool. And I, and I hope if I have kids someday that they always have enough and they're always taken care of. But I also, I have you have to acknowledge, man, that um, it, you know, people from my childhood area, you know, people who oftentimes didn't have enough are either, they're either like in gangs or they're strippers or they work uh, at Walmart. But some of those people are in the NFL or they are studying how to make fake lungs at Stanford or they're doing incredible things. They're, they're, they're just well beyond. And so I think it's interesting that for some people growing up tough can make you more resilient. You know, I, as a kid, I grew up in, and I lived in two places. I lived in Southeast Portland and then I lived in a mobile home in a rich suburb called like Salmon Creek is where I lived. Uh, and I went to Skyview high school, my second high school. And the people from Southeast Portland have such a wide range of success where the suburbs seemed like everyone is okay. They're fine. Uh, I actually didn't, the people in the suburbs didn't really, I, I didn't connect with them as well as the people from uh, Southeast Portland. Cause there's a level of resilience there that gets developed and learned where the people that are killing it the most of anyone I knew as a kid, like the people who are just dominating life are the people from Southeast Portland because they, as a kid didn't have enough food and knew that the only way they could succeed was to get straight A's in high school and get a scholarship somewhere or dominate in sports. And so they worked so hard in football. And um, I just don't know anybody who's as dominant as I do as the people that uh, went to my first high school uh, and uh, and uh, had less growing up, if that makes any sense. Um, it's crazy. I started talking about a pair of shoes, and we got here. I do have another pair of basketball shoes. I have a pair of uh, Nike Hyper Dunks. I bought these. Um, and by the way, though, that, that pair of Derrick Roses, here's what's sad. I stole that pair of basketball shoes in high school. And I, I told you, right? I, I, I had no shoes. I needed basketball shoes. What's even worse is that there are actually two sizes too big. I wore basketball shoes that like had a bunch of room in the toe uh, in high school because I, and I still wore them. They were great shoes, but I always have wondered like what would have happened if I bought Derrick Roses or got Derrick Roses that actually fit me. Now in college, I had a job. I was at Washington State University. I bought these shoes, a pair of Nike Hyperdunks. They're purple, obviously. Uh, these are my favorite basketball shoes I've ever owned. I got them for eighteen dollars at Ross. Eighteen dollars, and I encourage you. Uh, if you need basketball shoes and you're poor, go to Ross. It might take you, you might go the first time and there's nothing there you need. Uh, and maybe the second time you finally uh, get a pair of basketball shoes because they're like, oh, they finally have good enough shoes. Um, you might need to go twice, maybe three times before you find a quality pair of basketball shoes you want to wear. But if you want to find cheap basketball shoes that will do more than well enough, and you know, especially I was playing rec basketball, I didn't care what color mine were, thank goodness. It'd be harder if you're looking for like a basketball team and your team's red and they only have yellow shoes. I don't know. Um, and maybe if you're at a – I know some high school coaches are lenient on that because they understand the background where their players are. So also, if you're like can only afford a pair of pink basketball shoes and your school's red, tell your coach, hey, this is all I can afford. Is it okay if I buy them? And he might say yes. Um, now, he or she. And I just encourage you, um, go to Ross. If you need you know cheaper quality basketball shoes – Ross Dress for Less is where I got these $18 for a pair of really nice basketball shoes that I still wear to this day uh, if someday gyms open up again and I can play basketball someday. 
So guys, uh, those are the basketball shoes I own. Preston, thank you for your question. Really, really insightful, interesting. I can't believe we talked about socioeconomic, what is it, inequality from basketball shoes? What the heck is going on? Um, Kenny writes in. Kenny says, hey, Zach. So I'm just now listening to episode... 265 of SOS, and I got to say, I respectfully disagree with you on the DC Sentinel's name. First of all, personally, I've seen a lot of mainstream sports news people chastise the temporary name Washington football team, and I really liked your take on the situation. Your duct tape analogy was great, and you're totally right that this is a good move by Snyder and the Washington front office as a temporary fix. Now, the DC Sentinel's name... We can have our differences about the name Sentinels itself. That's fine, and I respect that. But I was disappointed to see that you didn't even bring up the replacements. The football movie about a DC pro football team named the Sentinels. Personally, I think the Sentinels name is appropriate for our nation's capital, as you did point out on the podcast, uh, because they are soldiers, basically, I think is what he's trying to say. Personally, I disagree with you that Warriors is a good name simply because of the confusion that would arise with Golden State. Yes, I know the SF Giants and the SF Gi- and the New York Giants already exist, and we make it work. Personally, I am really hoping for the DC Admirals. I think that football uniforms and the color scheme that from the Navy's B-class uniforms would look awesome. That's actually a great idea. Navy uniforms, like... I could see it, like the midship. It would look really, I could see how that would look, be really, really cool. Um, now, uh, the white ones, not the tan ones. Oh, the white. Oh, interesting. Okay. That would be cool. I, I, I'm with you there. The admirals from the Navy B class. I know uh, my friends uh, in the Navy. I know exactly what that is. That would be cool. Anyway, I'm not trying to start an argument. Just want to say, just want to present another perspective. Though I will say, I was disappointed that you didn't talk about the replacements. Hope you're doing well, dude. Love to see the SOS is doing great. Best. Kenny from Cal. Kenny, dang, thanks for the long comment. I appreciate it. Um, actually, to be very clear, Kenny, I have never seen The Replacements, never once seen the, sh- the movie. Uh, I-, I do know, I'm pretty sure that Keanu Reeves is the person who stars in that movie. Um, Falco, was that the name? Is, is his name Falco on the back? Falco? I-, 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 I can picture like Falco. That's the name of, I think, Keanu Reeves in that movie. Never seen it. Um, maybe I should watch The Replacements and do a... A review. That'd be fun. I, would you like that? I don't know. Kenny, you want me to do a re- replacements review? I think I will. That, that's just easy content. That'd be fun. Um, with your eyeballs rights in, he said, what is a team you wish had been given more of a fair shot? For example, mine would be any of the Kellen Moore Boise State teams. I know you're not the biggest stats guy. But Moore was 6-0 and against Power 5 teams, throwing for 1,640 yards with a 23-3 to touchdown interception ratio. And if they'd been given a fair shake and played in the then BCS championship, I am convinced they would have at least put up a heck of a fight and, in my opinion, would have won. Okay, uh, with your eyeballs. I love you, man. I love your questions. I love your comments. I think you're interesting. I have never disagreed with you more on any of the things you've written in. Uh, I, First of all, they did get a fair shot. Boise State got a fair opportunity, and they didn't take advantage. I mean, uh, in 2010, Boise State lost to Nevada. They went 12-1. and They beat Oregon State. They beat Virginia Tech. But you can't lose to Nevada 
and then complain you didn't get a chance to win the national championship. That's not how that works. You can't do that. Uh, you know, in, in that year, 2010, Alabama won the national championship. You think that a team that lost to Nevada could beat Alabama? I, I think you're on drugs if you believe that. Now, in 2011, yes, Boise State beat Georgia week one. I think they were like 19th in the country, something like that. Uh, and that's crazy. That's just, that's not my notes. That's off my head. I just remember that. Uh, but they played a weaker conference schedule and they lost to an unranked, at the time, TCU was in the Mountain West Conference. They lost to TCU the same year that Auburn won the national championship with Cam Newton. Are you telling me that Boise State really got screwed over? You're telling me that the team that could not beat an unranked TCU team, that Boise State team is going to beat Cam Newton and the Auburn Tigers? I just don't buy it. And people say, like, oh, these teams are getting a fair shake. They had a fair shake to make a tougher schedule, and they didn't because your schedule matters. And I, 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 to be clear, I love the Boise State teams. It was, you know, Coach Peterson and Kellen Moore. I watched it with my dad. We would have nachos, you know, the, just the crappy ones where you put you know, tortilla cheese and you grate, you know, tortilla chips and grated cheese, and you put the grated cheese on top and put it in the microwave. Time of my life doing that with my dad. But I, I got to say, man, Boise State, had opportunities to make a tougher schedule. And not only did they not beat a tougher schedule, they couldn't even beat their easy schedule. They lost to TCU. They lost to Nevada. Uh, and, and, you know, Boise State would have needed to have their non-conference schedule be only Power 5 teams, and they would have needed to destroy them. I mean, if you want respect you and you want a shot, if you're Boise State— and you want an opportunity to win a national championship and beat a national championship. At the time, there was only two teams that got a chance. Now there's four in the playoff. But if a, a non-Power 5 school really wants to have a chance at the college football playoff, you got to win out. You can't lose to Nevada. You can't lose to TCU. And then you got to schedule a team like Alabama. And and not not or, but you got to schedule Alabama. You got to schedule LSU. Maybe a team like Ohio State or Clemson. You got to play one, at least two, maybe three really big, really impressive teams and beat them. And if Boise State beats, like this year, if you beat Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama, and you're a non power five school, then guess what? Wow, you're going to make it into the college football playoff as long as you also win out your conference. But you got to give a, without a shadow of a doubt, reason for a program to believe you can win the a game, win a game against a really big SEC opponent or an Ohio State or Clemson, if you're going to get put into the college football playoff and you're a non-Power 5 school, you have to dominate people and you have to have wins against Power 5 schools that are impressive. And Boise State didn't do that. So I don't think that Boise State didn't get a fair shake. They lost to Nevada. They lost to TCU. And they weren't scheduling Alabama or Texas or Clemson or Ohio State. They were scheduling okay teams in their non-conference games. So I just encourage you, if you're a non-Power 5 school and you want to make, you want to get a, quote, fair shake. Now, you want to get a shake at all. You got to play the best of the best and you got to beat the best of the best. And I know that's brutal. But if you want to see it at the big table, you got to make a harder schedule. I just do not believe that Boise State got a unfair shake.
And I also think that Boise State got was better off by winning. I mean, you know, Boise State beat Utah and Arizona State in a bowl game. That's a good end of your season. Getting crushed in the national championship game by Alabama or Auburn, that, that's never going to be fun. I mean, they're better off knowing that we never saw that matchup. People, I, I like to fantasize. It's fun to fantasize about Boise State and their potential. They could have they done this and they could have done that. And I just want to say that as someone who likes to think about that, we're actually really lucky we never got that because if we'd gotten that, I think we would have been really, really sorely disappointed because I, I think the reality, and as I have stuff, you know, I had a stupid shoe on my hand. I was trying to figure out what's on the table. The reality is that if we actually got to watch Boise State match up with Alabama or Auburn, the illusion would have been gone. They would have got their butts kicked. And the magic, what made Boise State special, would have been ripped away because we would have seen, oh, when they actually play a real legit team like Alabama, it's over. Now, they had a great win. They beat, I remember Jared Zabransky, the, the hook and ladder, they beat Oklahoma. That was awesome. And they had moments like that. I love Boise State. Um, but you want a fair shot. You got to beat Nevada. You got to beat TCU. And you got to schedule harder opponents. So I do not believe that uh, it's fun to daydream. And I, I get it, man. I've been there. I love those teams. But Boise State had a fair shake. They just didn't take advantage of the opportunities they were given. That's why they never played in a national championship game. Not because, you know, they didn't. They got screwed over because they didn't get screwed over. They just lost. Harsh, long, not meaning to be. Uh, Devin writes in. Devin says, yo, Zach. It's been a few months since I sent a question in. Been really enjoying your content recently. I'll keep this one short and just ask you, what are some of your favorite facts or subjects in space? As a fellow space lover, I would just like to hear you talk about some of your favorite space-related topics. Uh, man, uh, first of all, two of my favorite movies are in space. I love 2009 Star Trek is incredible. I know that's not real space. It's still interesting. Uh, the Martian's good, but Interstellar is probably my third favorite movie ever behind La La Land and Star Trek. Interstellar, an amazing movie, Miller's Planet, the moment where it's the water planet. I'll never forget it. I don't want to spoil it. But if you're out there, go watch Interstellar and go watch for the scene on the water planet, Miller's Planet. Maybe it's on YouTube. Go look it up. Now, another space thing I think it's interesting. Have anyone ever heard of Europa? Europa is a moon uh, of Jupiter. It's covered in ice. And scientists have found water vapor. Uh, it's It's... It's, it's disputable, but they believe there's water vapor coming off of uh, Europa. And at the center of Europa, there is volcanic activity. And so there's belief that under the layer of ice, there's a shell of ice around Europa. The belief is that in the middle of Europa, under the ice, because there's, there's like tidal, a moon goes around Jupiter. There's incredible tidal shifting, so magma's being moved around a bunch, and there's a lot of friction under there. The belief is that there's a gigantic ocean under the ice that's heated up by the magma at the center of Europa. That kind of stuff makes me go, I want to know. That's so cool. It's a crazy idea that's fascinating. I love that thought. Now, there's a movie about it. It's science fiction. It's kind of crap, like silly. It's called Europa Report. There's like a, ah, just watch a movie. I think it's on Netflix. Uh, but what? Okay, think about that. If, if planet Earth goes away, could we all live on a submarine on Europa in, their, in Europa's ocean maybe would that be easier at least than trying to live just in space period probably i don't know fascinating interesting very odd i mean we'd at least get three years because uh, a uh, a submarine can go underwater for like i think like five years without surfacing so 
Maybe you could do a similar thing with uh, a submarine on Europa. Don't know. I love to think about that kind of stuff. That kind of stuff gets my mind going. It's really cool. And then number three, the third thing I want to talk about. And I don't understand how, why is nobody talking about what I'm about to say? And, and I, I'm going to sound crazy. I'm not crazy. It's a real thing. I'm not some idiot hack. Um, the U.S. Pentagon came out. And, and by the way, to be clear, this was reported literally in USA Today. So this is a, an actual real thing. The U.S. Pentagon came out and confirmed that they have possession of vehicles that are not from this earth. Uh, what? You, you have vehicles. You have, you, have, you have spaceships that are not from planet Earth. Oh, so aliens are real. That's what immediately, it's like, oh, oh, aliens are real. And, and literally, like, that came out and nobody noticed. Nobody cared. Uh, I know it's an election year. I know that uh, players are kneeling in sports. There's a global pandemic. Uh, TikTok's getting banned. So I think other stuff is grabbing people's attention. I'm sitting here going, why is nobody talking about aliens? Like aliens are are confirmed legitimately. The Pentagon confirmed aliens and no one's, no one's even talking about it. I think part of it's because it messes up religion pretty bad. Um, I'm at the point where, man, I my threshold for nonsense is like so low i mean i i why not aliens at this point like it's uh, i don't know uh i just believe that anything could happen now and i i i i know that my whole life i've always kind of felt like i've been the wrong generation like i'm a little bit too early i've always felt like man like we're gonna be in space in like a hundred years we're gonna do cool stuff we're gonna like like i think someday if our if our if technology keeps evolving and advancing we're going to be like Mass Effect. We're going to be like Star Trek. I mean, the things that you see in science fiction, the the little flip phones you saw on Star Trek became a reality with the Verizon Razor, uh, the Razor flip phones. And I know that uh, – I don't even know where I'm going. I, I, my, my, my whole life I've always, always felt like I'm, I'm alive just a little bit too early and I'm going to miss out on the cool stuff. Now I think maybe I will be alive for the cool stuff and maybe the bad stuff. Maybe – my fear, maybe an apocalypse is hap- going to happen in my lifetime. Maybe. I don't know. I honestly have no idea. Um, it's interesting. and uh, Apocalypses are not fun to think about, but I know that um, space travel is. Aliens is certainly like, man, I, I'm glad. if What would stink is if I die and 100 years later we discover aliens. And I'm like, I'll never know what I missed out on, but I'll always be like, I, I bet I missed out on that. I'll know when I die and I'm 90 sitting in bed. I'm like, I'm going to miss out on aliens. That's sad. So I hope it happens in my lifetime because I, I just want to know. Maybe they kill us all. I have no idea. Um, space gets my mind wandering like nothing else. Uh, no, I'm not on drugs. I just I think it's so fascinating and interesting. And um, Hey, uh, Devin, I've now talked about space longer than I planned to. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for your question. Uh, Landon writes in. Landon says, Zach, what's your favorite college football uniform? Personally, I'm a big fan of Oklahoma State's orange cowboy design. Um, personally, I think that TCU has the coolest uniforms in college football. Nobody seems to give TCU the shine they deserve. Every combination that TCU has is cool, whether it's the solid black or, you know, they have like blackout, which is awesome. I love the If you can have black tights and black socks and all black shoes, it looks so cool. Um, they have gray camo at TCU, which is like unbelievably sweet. 
They have an all-white, really clean look. The whiteout's beautiful. They have this gray or black uniform that has, like, purple and red accents. Oh, it's it's really sick. It's, like, the coolest uniform in college football, that one. Um, TCU's uniforms, for whatever reason, are so underappreciated. The, the, the classic purple pants, purple helmet, black jersey is really cool. Um, and... I just think that their their uniforms are underappreciated. When I design uniforms on Madden, I play Madden 11, and I, I design uniforms all the time, I often, often copy TCU because I love how they look. And if you ask me who has the coolest uniform combinations in all of college football, in my opinion, it's TCU. I know that's weird. I've never, I've only been to Dallas one time, um, but I, they're the team that I just always go, you know what? Once again, TCU, you look really, really sharp, and you never miss. Kludge God writes in. Oh, Kludge God. He says, hey, Zach, do you think that some championships or Super Bowls are worth more than others? For instance, I hear many people say the ring from Dirk Nowitzki's insane title run or upset in the 2011 season is worth more, quote, than one at one of KD's two rings with the Warriors legacy-wise. Because of the journey and the challenges faced during the run. Do you agree with this idea or do you think championships are championships and we should hold them all in the same regard? I really, really hate when people diminish other people's success. It's, it's awful to me. I don't care who you are. If you win a championship... You earned it. That's a really stinking cool thing to do. Nobody accidentally wins. Nobody does. People say sometimes to me that I got lucky with my podcast or that I got lucky on YouTube. I quietly hate those people. I, t- I hear them say that and I go, mm-hmm. And in my head I think, never talk to this person again. Get the heck out of here. Because I work my butt off and building strong opinion sports is the hardest thing I have ever done in my life and and I hate because of that because I I feel sometimes people diminish my success because of that I, I really really hate when I watch other people diminish other people's success when I see that I go stop succeeding is hard no matter how it happens even if you win in the Super Bowl because at the end of the game you got a lucky call or someone gave you a really bad fumble and it helped you win the game, you can get lucky in the Super Bowl, but you still had to be in position to get the break or to take advantage of that lucky moment. So much work gets put in behind the scenes, and I I just hate when people try to cheapen winning. You got to talk about it. You got to be honest about, man, if you win a championship, you worked your butt off. I don't care how. If you win, it's not an accident. Nobody wins a championship on accident. Nobody. You can, win maybe, you can maybe win one game by accident. You can't win all the way to the Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl by accident. You worked hard. You put in the work. You deserve it. I hate, hate, hate. Oh, I hate it. I hate when people diminish winning and diminish other people's success. Okay, Peter writes in. Peter writes in and says, hey, Zach. You have done a film analysis on most of the 2019 QB draft class. You still have not done one on Daniel Jones. Will we be getting a film analysis on him? Uh, Peter, first of all, thank you for tuning, for writing in. I did do a film analysis of Daniel Jones. I did a mid-season film analysis of him, like a mid-season review. 
Um, there's a there's a massive list of people I still want to cover uh, that are not named Daniel Jones. Uh, I really want to do Philip Rivers. I really want to do Derek Carr. They're more important to me because I genuinely want to know. I need to know actually how good is Philip Rivers? Can Philip Rivers actually help the Colts win a Super Bowl? I actually need to know. Um, and because Brett Coleman is someone I I really really respect, um, and I watched Brett Coleman's video. I talked to him a bunch about it uh, behind the scenes. Brett Coleman did a great breakdown of Daniel Jones. Brett Coleman is uh, a guy I, I really respect. He nailed it. And I see no reason for me to do my own film analysis of Daniel Jones. It'd get a lot of views, um, but I would just make my own version of the same thing he already made. Why why, why rehash something that's already been said? I, I don't see a need to. Um, a really great Daniel Jones film analysis already exists. I think Brett Coleman said everything I would have said, so... Um, I, I just think that I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I just don't see a need at all to do a Daniel Jones film analysis. Uh, there are other people that I want to cover that are way more important and way more necessary for me to cover sooner. So, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is what I have. That is my reason for not doing a Daniel Jones film analysis and why I probably will not do one. Okay, Devin writes in, says, Hey, Zach, what are your thoughts on Louisville QB McHale, formerly Malik Cunningham? He didn't get talked about this past season, and he had a very solid second season under new coach Scott Satterfield. I heard Scott Satterfield was great. Uh, I know you do not like stats, but he was one completed pass away from having the third highest pass rating in college football, and he had the highest yards pa- uh, per pass thrown. Does he look like a potential NFL prospect to you? Thank you. Is he related to Randall Cunningham? I know I didn't. I didn't research that when I looked him up. Is Mikhail Cunningham related to Randall Cunningham? That'd be crazy. Is that his son? Uh, they certainly play similarly. I watched some film of Mikhail Cunningham, um, and then I very quickly grabbed a pen and wrote his name down, and I added him to my list of quarterbacks to pay attention to uh, if, in fact, we do get a college football season this year. Uh, he's not an NFL quarterback. Um, I guess what, what I'm saying, I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is if, in fact, Mikhail Cunningham does not become an NFL quarterback, He's definitely a thousand percent an XFL starting quarterback. Uh, Mikhail Cunningham's best ability and best trait is his ability to run. And I want to apologize. I didn't mean to say he's not an NFL quarterback. I think he could be. Um, he's a good passer too. And I'm I'm just curious to follow his development. I want to see. I I don't I haven't seen enough to be like, yeah, he's a first round pick. I need to see more film. I watched a game and a half. I was very loose. I was in a hurry. Um, but I saw like you can see pretty quickly talent or not talent. Mikhail Cunningham ton of talent, like very obvious, very much in your face. Um, he would shred the XFL by running with his legs. He's maybe next an NFL quarterback, though. Maybe Mikhail Cunningham is an NFL quarterback. Um, I need to see more film. I need to see newer film. I want to follow his progression. Uh, and I just I don't think it's fair to him or me for me to go, he's a first-round pick when I'm not informed enough to say that. But what little I have seen, I go, oh, wow. Uh, that's a player we need to pay attention to because he is really, really very talented and uh, deserves your recognition and your attention. So I'm going to follow Mikhail Cunningham's development. I would not have done that if you hadn't say, uh, shared this comment on Patreon. So, Devin, uh, who am I saying? Who said that? Devin? Yeah, Devin. Devin, thank you so much for the comment because you brought a new quarterback to my attention that I was not otherwise going to follow. And uh, therefore, you made the show better. And you made me learn something that I wanted to learn and is important to me. So thank you so much, Devin. Great, great call. Uh, Emotep writes in. Emotep, like the guy from Mummy, says, Hey, Zach, 
I've seen you make a lot of videos lately on how much quarterbacks should be paid on and on why most quarterbacks are overpaid. I wanted to propose you a solution to that problem, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on whether it's actually a good idea. The solution would make quarterback contracts a separate entity from the rest of the salary cap. The quarterback position is by far the most important position in football, and they should be paid like it. But why should the rest of the team have to suffer with the short end of the stick because of it? In recent years, we've seen time and time again solid quarterbacks stuck on bad teams because they simply can't afford quality support players. In my opinion, the NFL, to have the best product possible out on the field in order to have as many good teams as possible, this would be a good solution. And it would also fix the rookie contract advantage you've alluded to in the past. Thank you for looking at my question with your eyeballs and keep up the great work. Oh, man. Imateb, I think you mean well. I do not want to separate quarterback salary cap at all. I think it would actually ruin the NFL. Um, here's why. You mean well, man. You really do. Um, I think that if you're overpaying a quarterback, that's important. That's necessary for the NFL. Uh, here's my fear. Here's how you would ruin the NFL. If you could pay Patrick Mahomes whatever money you want, if you could pay Patrick Mahomes $100 million and then at the end of the day still have the same amount of salary cap as every other team in the NFL, uh, you would create super teams because all the best quarterbacks would also get all the best players. A salary cap and the fact that the NFL has quarterbacks included in the salary cap, it evens out the NFL. If you pay a quarterback a lot of money, it's on you, and it's important that you have to figure out how to build the team around said quarterback. You know, you may have an amazing roster with an average quarterback, um, and that's actually important. Like, that's that's kind of necessary to football. What you can't do is you cannot separate quarterback salaries from the rest of the salaries. Here's how it would break the NFL. Here's why that would happen. You cannot treat Mitchell Trubisky the same way you treat Patrick Mahomes. And I know that you're, here's your thought. I think you're thinking, well, like, let's pay Patrick Mahomes 50 million and Mr. Trubisky 2 million because he's worth two and he's worth 50. And I get it. But what happens there is you're treating Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky the same way in relation to the rest of your team. And that can't be accepted. That can't work. Russell Wilson and Josh Rosen are not the same quarterback. Why would they have the same exact effect on the salary cap, which would be nothing? When you make a quarterback a zero effect or zero percent count towards the salary cap, you're actually just saying that quarterbacks suddenly are irrelevant and they don't, they're, what am I saying? That they, uh, their, their impact would be all equal. And to be clear, Patrick Mahomes and Mitchell Trubisky do not have an equal impact on their team's success and on their team's roster. So you cannot separate it out because then you're just putting all quarterbacks on an equal playing field as far as their impact to a team. And I, I just think it's dangerous because what you don't want is a team to be able to pay Matthew Stafford $57 million a year. Oh, and also get all the best receivers because they can afford that. Then you create super teams. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know how to properly explain this. And if I... If anything, this is a this topic. What it does is help me get my ideas through, worked through, and maybe down the road I'll make a more thoughtful topic about why having separate quarterback salaries is uh, bad. Like you ever seen a comedian who they go on stage and they're working through a set and they're not quite sure how to word it? That's how I feel right now. I'm like I don't know how to quite word how this is bad or what exactly I mean, but I know that putting 
in relation to how it affects your team, putting a bad quarterback and a good quarterback on the same exact scale and saying that they're the same value towards your roster, that's actually a mistake. If that, I, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know what I'm saying or how I mean that. I do, I do know what I mean, but I don't know how to explain what I mean. And so, Imhotep, I'm sorry. I just disagree. And if I'm not saying it in a way that makes any sense, because I'm not sure I am, I'm going to start talking to my girlfriend about it, my dad about it, and try to figure out how to say that properly and then make a topic about it on the next episode. Because I think you're onto something, and I think you have a thought a lot of people have, but I think it's flawed, and I don't know how to exactly explain the right words to say it's flawed. I'm trying, Imhotep. I don't know. Follow up. We'll follow up on that later. Um, with your eyeballs rights, and he says, who is a fictional TV character you just want to jump through the screen and punch in the face? Again, with your eyeballs rights, and he says, who is a fictional TV or movie character you just want to jump through the screen and punch in the face? Oh, man, for me, this is going to blow a lot of people's minds. I absolutely hate Michael Scott from The Office. I hate him with a passion. I love Jim and Pam. Uh, I've rewatched The Office, and I watch it because I enjoy watching Jim and Pam fall in love. And the minute they're married, I actually check out and don't keep watching. Um, I hate Michael Scott. I hate Michael Scott with a passion. He is an incompetent boss. I don't find it funny. I find it really irritating. It makes me angry. If I worked at Dunder Mifflin and Michael Scott was my boss, I would quit in a heartbeat. There is no way... I would put up with this nonsense. As a viewer of the show, I weirdly enough just did not find it endearing. I didn't find Michael Scott. I found Michael Scott to be incompetent and frustrating. And I would never, ever, ever want to work in a situation or an environment like that. If my boss was an idiot, oh, I'd want to blow my brains out. It'd be awful. So uh, I hate Michael Scott. I hate him with a passion. I wouldn't punch him in the face because that's rude. I would just quit and I wouldn't work for Dunder Mifflin ever. And I would actually have a fun time probably telling Michael Scott he's an incompetent idiot and making him cry. He's one of the few people that I think I'd enjoy making cry because he makes people – oh, he makes me crazy. I, I hate Michael Scott with a passion, and I, it's probably the most mean I've ever sounded. Michael Scott is just – here's the problem with Michael Scott. Michael Scott has no self-awareness. That's the issue, right? He has no idea how his actions affect the people around him, and – Oh, it, irks. It, it makes me so angry. I would, I would hate, I would hate to work for Michael Scott. It would never do it, never in a million, million years. Okay, Arthur writes in. He says, hey, Zach, hopefully your retreat at the lake was fun and revitalizing. It was. I needed it. He says, I might have missed it, but I haven't heard your opinion about soccer yet. I was always a football and basketball guy, but rekindled my interest in soccer last year when the U.S. played in the Gold Cup, and my hometown Seattle Sounders won the MLS a few months later. With COVID-19 shutting down, the NBA soccer uh, has been the only major sport to watch, and I've enjoyed Premier League, Series A, and even MLS since they've done their restart. While I can admit that soccer can have dull periods in the 90-plus minutes of gameplay, watching two world-class teams compete in a close game can be beautiful. What do you think about soccer? Is it just not your thing? Thanks for the great content. SOS is a light during these darker times. Um, okay. The World Cup's incredible. I watched the World Cup. That's it. That's the only time I watch soccer. Uh, I, I really like that soccer is short. Like, when you watch a football game, you're really not sure how long you're going to be stuck at your TV. Because it could take... Soccer is... It's 90 minutes and then a little bit of stoppage time. 
That's it. You know that about an hour and a half, you're done. You can get on with your day. Football's not like that. Football's a lot longer usually. Uh, I like that soccer is shorter and gets to the point. Um, and I really appreciate, like I watched the MLS game or the MLS championship a while back, and then I watched the uh, the World Cup right after that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, the people in the World Cup are like so much better. Now that being said, soccer is just not my thing. Uh, on the at the highest level, I enjoy it because watching pretty much anything at the highest level possible is cool and interesting. Um, Premier League doesn't really do it for me. Uh, I I I. I think that part of the fun for soccer is the crowd. Like the World Cup is amazing because you have these gigantic stadiums full of people that are just insanely passionate. And I'm sure that going to a soccer game would be really, really fun. Yeah, I've never been to a Portland Timbers game. The Portland Timbers are my local soccer team. I have no doubt it would be fun to hear, you know, to have a beer and to sing and to chant with the crowd and yell and, ah, oh, you missed. Um, but I've never played soccer, so I don't know the nuance of soccer really at all. I know, like, I'm very limited on the—I barely even know the rules of soccer. Uh, I know that ties really irritate me. I hate when people tie in soccer because it's like, can we just figure it out? Um, and I am glad a lot of people like it. I If you like soccer, man, I got no problem with that. If you like soccer and that's your thing, dude, great, man. I'm so happy for you. I just know that soccer's not my thing. Um, I really have no interest in trying to learn about it. I have no interest in ever covering soccer or analyzing soccer. The best you're ever going to get is maybe someday I will watch the World Cup and react to a game or two and be like, look, I don't know anything about soccer, but I watched the game and it was fun, and here are my thoughts. Uh, I'm not an analyst of soccer, though. I don't know soccer. and I also know that I, I just don't enjoy it. Soccer's not for me. It's not something I want to invest my time in learning. Uh, for example, Formula One. Is awesome, and I, I really wanted to invest my time in learning about Formula One racing. I've never felt that way about soccer. I have no interest, um, and I, I just don't. Soccer's not my thing. And I, if it's your thing, I am so happy for you. I'm, I'm glad you love it. I just know I don't love it, and I have no interest in learning about soccer even a little bit. And I hope people respect that. Um, and I, I just, uh, I'm glad you like it. I know I don't. Liam writes in. He says, "Hey Zach." Easy question here. Are there any YouTubers or podcasts you watch, listen to, or are a fan of? Who are they, and why do you watch them? Thanks. Love the show. Liam in the UK. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think like most people, I listen to Joe Rogan. Uh, it's not my go-to podcast, but if I'm uh, you know, caught up on all my other shows and I, I'm like, I don't, I don't have anything else to listen to, the only my, my backup plan is always Joe Rogan because there's so many episodes and I can always find a good, interesting episode of Joe Rogan. My favorite episode of Joe Rogan of all time just happened. It's the Post Malone Joe Rogan episode. It's so stinking amazing. Uh, I actually wish that Joe Rogan and Post Malone just did a weekly podcast. I would pay so much money to get that, to listen to it. I enjoy the way their minds work. It's kind of crazy, like Post Malone and Joe Rogan, which are in such different places. Post Malone's 25. Joe Rogan's like in his late 40s or early 50s. And they hit it off like they were best friends for life. It's crazy to me. Um, so I, I like Joe Rogan. It's not my go-to podcast. I'll tell you what my go-to podcast is, is, an, is in a minute. Uh, my favorite YouTuber, or one of them at least, is um, a YouTuber named Gus Johnson. I don't watch a lot of YouTube, admittedly. I really, I watch sports. And that's all my time. And that's, I don't watch a lot of stuff. Um, but Gus Johnson is an incredible YouTuber. He did, there's a video he did called, uh, every cat at 3am. It's like, 
it's gold. It's the best video ever made. Uh, Tyler Noah's really funny. And recently, Gus Johnson has been doing longer format, uh, more thoughtful videos about a certain topic. He did one about The Office recently where he basically talked about how the people that were on The Office have never really gotten over it. They just, it's like they're they're really stuck on the past and they won't move on. That was interesting. Um I, I, I Gus Johnson makes great content. His his videos about Christmas where he pretends he, he plays a character uh, are hilarious. Um, my two favorite podcasts are both made by the same person. My two favorite podcasts are called Sacred Symbols and Knockback. And that's about, I only listen to one, two, Joe Rogan and those two. I occasionally listen to Brett Coleman's podcast, the bootleg football podcast, because he's so interesting and informative about certain things. I'm like, I'm like, these are things I'll never research. I watch his podcast to learn about them. Um, but Sacred Symbols is a video game podcast. Knockback is a retro and nostalgia-driven podcast. They're both done by a guy named Colin Moriarty. Colin is a controversial person on the internet. Um, a lot of people hate him. I understand why people hate him. He doesn't help himself very well. I think he doesn't really care what people think, and it does hurt him. I relate to him. He's an introvert like I am. Um, I, I, this, I, I like Colin. I've actually met Colin Moriarty. He's a good guy. He's got a good heart. He's not perfect. I don't think anybody is, but he does make phenomenal content. So my favorite two podcasts, Sacred Symbols and Knockback, they're great. Uh, I love the Game Ranks YouTube channel. They're phenomenal. They do a good job. Uh, Before You Buy is the best formula for doing a MS format for doing a video game review on the internet. Um, for movies, I occasionally check in with uh, YouTuber Jeremy Johns. And then in sports, there are only two people I pay attention to in the content world. I watch uh, Tom Grossi. He's a good friend of mine. He makes great content. Um, and then I listen to and I watch occasionally Brett Coleman because I've come to accept that not only Brett Coleman's a good dude and he's a friend of mine. Um, Brett Coleman talks about stuff that I can't, I, I can't cover everything. And I, I think at first I felt a need to be competitive with Brett Coleman. Like, ah, like I, I, I had this like disgruntled feeling about Brett Coleman. I'm like, wait a minute, Brett Coleman makes t- videos. So I don't have to like, if there's a video about something I can't get to, uh, Oh, Brett Coleman does it. That's awesome. Like, um, I, there are, he made like some video about a defensive lineman recently for the Kansas city chiefs. And I'm like, I'll never make that video. Like, we don't really work in the same space all the time. And I, I think Brett Coleman's a good dude. Uh, both Tom Grossi and Brett Coleman do great work. I respect their approach. And Brett Coleman is um, – I'm really proud of my film analysis. Brett Coleman's phenomenal what he does, though. He, he really um, – he's the best – he does, he does a better job with the draft than I do because he's like – Brett Coleman, around the time of the NFL draft, has like 500 players he has notes on. And I'm like, I don't – I know about the quarterbacks and like two receivers. I don't know about every single player that's going to be drafted. He know Brett Coleman knows about guys drafted in the seventh round, and I'm like, how do you know about that player? Because all he does is watch film. So I have great admiration and great respect for Brett Coleman. I really like him. He's a great dude. We talk occasionally, um, and uh, yeah, those are the the things I listen to. Uh, Gus Johnson is awesome. Sacred symbols, knockbacks, incredible. And uh, I, I want to start a podcast of my own that is audio only, that is about movies. And I, I've got an idea. It'll be quiet. I'm not going to tell anybody about it yet, but it's out there. And if you want a movie podcast someday by yours truly, Zach Shomler, it's coming in like two months. I got a plan. It's going to be fun. <sighs> Landon writes in. He says, Zach, what did you think of Legend of Korra? 
Have you seen it or have you planned on seeing it? Uh, I got tired of Legend of Korra. I tried to watch it recently. Uh, season one was good, and then I fell off and it lost me. I, I don't watch much TV anyway. Uh, I'm so busy. And honestly, the problem with The Legend of Korra, and I, I don't have some long review because it wasn't very compelling to me compared to Avatar, uh, where Korra... To me, like the star of Avatar The Last Airbender was never Aang. Aang was never the draw. The draw was Toph and Katara, and Sokka, and the people around Avatar, and the world of Avatar. And in Korra, the world is different, and the cast of Friends, honestly, are not as interesting. The friendship part was lacking. And so I'll probably go back to Legend of Korra when I have like a lot of downtime and time to kill. Um, but it wasn't as moving to me as Avatar, and I, I'm curious about it, but I'll, I probably won't, uh, won't watch it anytime soon. And someday I'll get to it, but not yet and not for a while. John writes in, John says, if you hadn't played football, what sport would you have been more enticed to play? Uh, basketball. If I was going to play any sport other than football growing up, it would have been basketball. Basketball makes sense to me. Um, I used to play, and I, even before quarantine, I played a lot like a, where I could in the gym and stuff like that. Um, so much of basketball is skill-based. Basketball is cool because the skills you can develop in basketball are done through work ethic. Like You can practice... And develop your skill alone. You can shoot every day for hours if you want to get better at shooting. Uh, you can do dribbling drills for hours every day. How do you learn how to dribble with your left hand? You do it a lot. I mean, that's it's pretty simple. Um, handling and shooting, that's all about work ethic. And I'll never be 6'5 and be able to dunk. But I know that I could have a, a good jumper and dribble really well and avoid having you know the ball stolen from me all the time. And that's something I was able to do just through work ethic, just for like, oh, if I dribble a lot uh, and I shoot a lot, that's work ethic. So I think nearly anybody can master and be a solid basketball player that can be uh, competitive in a rec league if you do a little bit of work and if you work hard enough. And the fact that basketball comes down to work so much has always appealed to me. Like, that's why Steph Curry is amazing. Steph Curry is six foot whatever. And he's one of the best shooters ever because of work ethic. That, that, Steph Curry is not physically dominating. He just works his butt off and has got a really good shot. That's cool to me. So I, that's what I, I love about basketball is that basketball feels like the barrier to entry is lower because you don't need to be – like it really helps if you can just dominate people and dunk on people and I'll never be that guy. But what I can control is my shooting ability, my, my dribbling, and I can be great at that if I work hard enough. Final question of the day is from Doug. Doug just only says three words. Doug says, best fast food. So, uh, Doug, man, the Popeye's chicken sandwich, the spicy, let me be very clear. The spicy chicken sandwich at Popeye's, phenomenal. Unbelievably good. Perfect. Got pickles. It's warm. Like, oh, it's, uh, the mayo. Um, technically, Panda Express is actually fast food. You can go through the drive-thru. Get orange chicken and white rice. Oh, it's so good. Uh, boba, you know, Thai tea blended is really great. Uh, a Whopper, by the way, is a really good fast food burger. It's better than McDonald's. A Whopper's pretty good. Wendy's does have the best hamburgers, though. Um, Dairy Queen has the best fries. Dairy Queen's got those fries that are they're balanced, where they're light and they're crispy. They're not too thick. Uh, they're just on the they're on the thinner side. They're really perfect. Uh, you get fry sauce at Dairy Queen, you're doing it right. 
Uh, you also get a cotton candy blizzard at Dairy Queen. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. Um, Taco Bell, the pineapple whipped freeze. Add vodka to that. Actually, you add the whipped vodka. A whipped pineapple freeze with whipped vodka. Incredible at Taco Bell. Uh, Taco Bell also has this new thing called the double stacked taco. It's literally a dollar uh, for a taco with cheese and then a tortilla on the outside. So it's a taco with tortilla chips on the inside to like fill it a little bit. I think make it cheaper too. Then cheese, and then underneath that is a tortilla. So what it is is really you get the benefit of a crunchy taco where you get the crunch, but you also have the benefit of a soft taco where it's not as messy and you can like keep it cleaner. It's more filling. It's literally cheaper than a regular taco. Um, the double stack taco at Taco Bell, it, it's a great deal. It's literally a dollar. Like regular tacos, I think, are $1.79. These tacos are better. They're more filling. I like them. I think they're awesome. Now, they're terrible for you, but that's fast food, period. Um, now, in my area, there's a local place called Burgerville. It's a, it's a joint, like, only in Oregon and a little bit of Washington. Regional regional franchise, I guess is what you would call it. It's amazing. They have, they have really, like, that's my girlfriend's favorite fast food place, and I don't blame her at all. Uh, by the way, if you're in California, In-N-Out fries are terrible. Hate In-N-Out fries. Uh, animal fries are pretty good, actually. I'll, I'll say that. But you need to drench it in cheese and mayo and stuff to make it any like, taste, taste good at all. Um, so regular, burger, regular In-N-Out fries are not very good. Although I do want to go. I should go with my girlfriend. There's one, like, 40 minutes away from us, and we keep meaning to go for the adventure. Um, now... There are two places I don't go very often. I've been like two or three times because they're not near me and I didn't have them near me growing up. Um, Chick-fil-A and Sonic. The Chick-fil-A, the Polynesian sauce is incredible. Uh, you get a Sonic uh, grape cream slush. Oh, it's so good. Uh, both are outstanding. In college, I went to uh, school in Tacoma. And uh, there was a Chick-fil-A next to a Sonic. And it was my go-to combo to go get fried, you go get food at Chick-fil-A. And then I drink at Sonic. And, uh, and and my go-to, that's a bit inflammatory. It was not my go-to, but I did do it like twice where I went to I went to Chick-fil-A. Then, uh, you know, ordered, went through the drive-thru or whatever, however you pick food up at Chick-fil-A. Then I went and parked at Sonic and got a drink and just enjoyed my food at Sonic, eating my Chick-fil-A with a Sonic drink. Phenomenal. Phenomenal day. And, um, yeah, that's the best fast food. All the stuff I listed, it's great. And right now, I think that dollar taco at Taco Bell. It's a full-size taco. It's a dollar. I can't believe it's a dollar. Probably terrible for you. It's Taco Bell, though. What, like, what do you expect? But I will say, I don't know what's going to be a dollar forever. And if you want a good value, like you're like, hey, I have three bucks and I want to eat a fulfilling meal, go get $3 tacos. The, what is it called? The, it is called the Double Stack Taco. It's a dollar with Taco Bell. Just me, Zach Shalmer, recommending it to you. It's great. Uh, it's good, it's filling, and it's a great deal. So I don't know how long they're going to have that. I'm sure it's a promo. I'm sure in like two months they're going to be like, it's now $2.25. So go get it while you can while it's still a dollar. Guys, my name is Zach Schaumler. Bam, thank you so much for tuning in. It has been, wow, I've been recording for four hours today. I did a two and a half hour long episode, 269. This is an hour and 11 minutes of 270. My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so very much for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. But um bum Bam, we are...